I got to start today with a question, whether you're watching online or you're in the room today. This is the question by show of hands. How many people here, you want to live your best life? Raise your hand. Yeah. Most, most, I mean, there, there, there's always somebody, a few people in the crowd, I can say whatever and you ain't raising your hand. You're like, I, no, I ain't doing it. I want to live my worst life. Okay, dang it. All right, I'm still glad you're here, but I'm glad that you want to live your best life. But what if I told you God don't want you to? God doesn't want you living your best life. Why? Because God wants you to live your blessed life. And your best, your very best you can come up with is way inferior to God's blessed life. I promise you. This is why I'm so excited about the brand new series starting today. Living your blessed life. Because the word of God talks about it all the time. And I'm going to give you the overarching theme of the entire three, maybe four week message. We'll see what God does. Um, this is the theme. There's a key to unlocking God's blessings in your life. And it's not God. He's already done what he needs to do. The key to unlocking God's blessings in your life is you and me. And it's trust. Say trust. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, trust me. Tell your neighbor, trust me. I'm a doctor. No, you're not. Don't be lying and sure. You're not. A... So, but people say it all the time. Trust me. Just trust me. Right? That's what the, remember when we used to do these COVID tests out in like parking lots, like it was a drug deal. Remember that? So you'd sit in your car and then a guy would come out. Trust me, this won't hurt. And then he takes out a Q-tip the size of my femur and shoves it in the back of my head. It did hurt, sir. Actually, it did hurt. So um, trust me. Trust me. It's a sure thing. Trust me. I'll be right back, said the first date, never to see her again. Trust me. I've said it too. I don't know why so many of my illustrations revolve around my driving, but they do. Because every day is an adventure in my car, and you don't want to be on it, trust me. So uh, it wasn't that long ago. Jake, I don't remember where we were, but we were driving home. And it, here's the embarrassing thing. The story I'm telling you, we, were, we, we, we weren't in another state. We weren't in another country. We were within a 10-mile radius of the Omaha area. So we drive to a place. We're driving back, and I'm feeling cocky. So I said, Jake, I ain't using GPS. And I'm like, it's embarrassing because I've, I've lived here almost five years. So I said, or over five years. I said, Jake, we're shutting the GPS down. He's like, Dad are, you, Dad, are you serious? I said, yeah, we're doing it. It was like Thelma and Louise. I'm like, we shut it down and we're driving. And, and I don't know, Jake must have felt like something, something ain't right. Or he just maybe, I don't know, was just a little, little worried. I could see the fear in his eyes, actually. So Jake says, Dad, maybe we should just turn it on and just kind of check to make sure. I said, Jake, you don't trust me? He said, no. <laughs> and I said, Jake, you're right. Turn that thing on before we end up in Council Bluffs. Honestly, wait, we were concerned. So we, trust me, I will get you lost. Um, it's not good. So, but what, something that we need to understand when it comes to trust, if that unlocks God's blessings, God wants us to trust him in areas of our life. Is it fair to say that everything that Jesus taught was for us? It's for our benefit. Jesus wants to bless you, and he wants to bless me. You should never shy away from that. And if you're wondering, well, I don't know if that sounds... Look to, the, look to what his most famous uh, sermon, right? The Sermon on the Mount. What's a huge chunk of that? The Beatitudes. Blessed are those who do this. Blessed are those who do that. Blessed. And he talks about how we can be blessed in areas of our life. But yet so many people walk around not blessed in areas of their life. We're talking about that in this series. But what if I told you that, this is going to sound crazy, so brace yourself. What if I told you that Jesus, there was a time that Jesus said, you could be more than blessed. Like he wants you blessed, but there was a time, you don't see it a lot, but, but I found one where he says, you're more than blessed. 
it, it, it's weird. We're going to look at the scripture, but it seems like it's out of context. It seems strange where it comes up in scripture, and that's exactly why we're going to look at it, because God is going to speak to you. God is going to speak to me. I've been praying over this message all week, and I'm so super excited. So let me set it up. If you brought a Bible or your mobile app, I love when you get in there. God wants to speak to you through his word. We're preaching out of Acts the book of Acts, so that's New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the story of Jesus. And then Acts, the birth of the first church, the church that Jesus died for. You know, we talked about that last week. So in Acts 20, that's where we're going to park for a little bit today. And I'll set it up. Paul is a man who was transformed by Jesus. Paul and the other disciples get together and they're like, okay, Jesus said, go reach people to the ends of the earth. And, and, and we're going to use what's called the, a group of people. Don't, don't complicate church. A group of people centered on Jesus to do it. So they start planting, uh, starting churches, like we started Meadows. And they plant them, um, you know, Jerusalem. Uh, let, let's put up the map for a second. I, I got a pointer and I love using it, so let's do that. So, so Jerusalem, let's see if this thing you've been, what? Don't, don't fail me. What? Does it, does it work on there? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, so, uh, well, Jerusalem, I can't even see it, but it's down here. So the, the first church is down here on this black curtain. And then if you look up, you got Antioch. That's the first really church planting church. And this, this is the story that, this is where we're at today in the journey. So this, this region right here is Turkey today, right? This is still Syria. Over here is Greece. These were the first churches that were planted. So the journey that Paul and, and, and Mark, you've heard of these people, John, the disciple, the journey that they're on, they planted churches around them. That's the Mediterranean Sea. They planted churches. And this is Paul's third journey to, to meet these churches, to encourage these churches. And you can see the route that Paul takes. Paul drives a lot like me, doesn't he? My gosh, Paul. <laughs> Look at this. Point A to point B, it just doesn't work. So Paul's, they go into Antioch and they start visiting churches and he gets over to Greece over here. And you can see Corinth is here, Corinthians, uh, Thessalonica, Philippi, Philippians, uh, Thessalonians, you get it. So he goes around and the story in Acts 20, it's crazy because he's moving and he gets to a place called Troas. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read this story, but I'll give you a glimpse of what it is and you should read it this week. It's crazy because when Paul gets to this place, he starts preaching and as he preaches in Troas, he preaches so long and so late, it's midnight. And a kid is sitting in the window cell. The kid falls asleep while Paul's preaching, falls out the window three stories to his death. You can't make this up. Now, the pastor of me think, kind of thinks, you know what? That kid had it coming. He fell asleep while someone's preaching? That's terrible. Pastors hate that. Like, I, I want a super soaker up here. If I see you sleeping, I will, I will nail you. I'll, I'll baptize you right then and there. So uh, you can leave the map up for a little bit because we're going to reference it for quite a bit. Um, so we look at the map. And so he continues on. He, he preaches at Troas. He goes to Assos and some other city I can't pronounce and then some other city. And the Bible says in Acts 20, he purposely goes by Ephesus. Ephesus, that's Ephesians in the Bible. That's that church. So, gosh, this pointer is really... Really upsetting me. Okay, here we go. So Ephesus is here. Paul, look where he goes. He goes by it purposely, and he goes down to Miletus. And here is where he stops. It's, so why would Paul go past Ephesus? We'll get to that in just a second. Paul stops at Miletus, and he realizes, I, I've got to... Ephesus is, Ephesus is very um, dear to Paul. He planted that church himself. He spent a lot of time. He spent three years with them. He loves them. So it's weird that he would just go by. But when he gets to Miletus, he, he, 
he decides he needs to speak at least to the church leaders. So he says, I need to get, hey, church leaders, he gets them a message somehow. I don't know how he does it, carry your pigeon, but he gets them a message and he says, come, come to where I'm at. Come to Miletus, I need to speak to you. And that's where we pick up the story in Acts 20, 27. So he's, he's talking to the, the, the leaders of this church, Ephesus. And he says, guys, gals, guard yourselves in God's people. Feed, shepherd the flock, his church. Man, the church is valuable. Again, if you missed last week, you, you, need to, you need to go back because you'll see how valuable the church is to Jesus. Well, listen to what it says. Purchase, the church purchased with his own blood. Jesus died for the church over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders in Ephesus. I know that false teachers are gonna come. They're gonna come like vicious wolves. They will come in among you after I leave, not spurring the flock, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group in the church will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw followers to them. Because it's not about Jesus to them, it's about them to them. Watch out for them, he says. Remember, here he says, now remember the three years that I spent with you, that I loved you. Remember the three years my, you were under my constant watch and care, night and day, and my many tears for you. You can start to see the relational um, bond that he has. Now I entrust you to God. It's like Paul is like the parent saying, all right, you're off to college. I'm entrusting you to God. I'm entrusting you to God in the message of his grace that, that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. I like that with all those he has set apart for himself. Now Paul changes directions a little bit with, with what he's saying. Just see if you catch what he's doing here. It seems weird, but we'll, we, you'll understand, I promise. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine, they've worked hard to supply my own needs and even the needs of the people that were with me. And I have been a constant example on how you can help those in need by working hard. And you, and this is where it gets weird, I mean, it's like, it's like left field. And you would be wise to remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here he says it. It is more blessed, say more blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Like, I want to I ask Paul, Paul, I don't get it. Like, I, I understand you, you encouraging and then you warning and saying, keep the church healthy, be united, watch out for false teachers. But, but you're closing, and people remember the closing, right? That's important, Paul. These are the last words you'll ever speak to this church, and you know it because you know the journey that the Holy Spirit has you on. And, and, and you talk about giving is better than receiving. It seems so odd. He continues, when he finished speaking, he kneels down and he prays with them. Now watch this. They all cry as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. So, so the, the, the love they had for each other was so big. See, the, I believe, this is my opinion, I believe this is why Paul didn't want to go to Ephesus. I believe that this is why he didn't want to get in front of the whole church. Just send me a few, I'll talk to them, they can relay the information. I think he was so close to them. And, and he cared for them so much. I think, I think Paul knew that if I go to Ephesus, if I go there, I could get off my mission. I, I, would, I could get distracted. I'll end up wanting to stay there and it, at least maybe for a little bit. And you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal? Why can't Paul just stay there for a little bit? Because God had given Paul a mission, that's why. Because the calling on Paul's life was way more important than his comfort. And I'm telling you, God has a calling on your life. And that calling, make no mistake, it's way bigger than you. 
It's way bigger than your immediate family. It's way bigger than your friend circle. You're calling, I, I came to tell somebody, it is greater than you can dream or imagine. It's on you, just like it was on Paul. Paul knew, I'll get sucked in. See, it won't be the evil. I don't think it's going to be the enemy that's, that's directly going to get us off path most of the time. It, it's, it's us. It's the good things in our life. That's, that's why he's so deceptive. He knows how to lure us in, not with evil, not with bad, but with good. So anyway, so Paul gave him a mission. And, it, and it's not easy. You'll see that in a minute. And by the way, Paul's given your church, you, your meadows, a mission. And, and like, why do we plant, they planted churches, why do we plant churches? That's not easy. That's not comfortable. We, th think, of, think of, I wrote down, it'd be way easier not to to plant churches. Way easier not to. We'd have more people here. I could say, I pastor this big church. Woo, look at me. We'd have more resources. We'd have more money. We could buy a real baptistry and not use a cattle tank. Wouldn't that be weird? Don't You guys are lucky to have the cattle tank. Jesus got like baptized in a dirty Jordan River. You are fortunate, as far as you know. So anyway, just trust me on that. I can't. Are you excited for baptism? We're baptizing people next weekend. Oh my gosh. Cannot wait. It'll be right here. So in a cattle tank. But think of what we could do. Think of what God could do. It's exciting to think about it. We could have a, we could have, you guys, if we didn't plant churches, we could have nice chairs in here, couldn't we? Not that our chairs aren't nice. I mean, we have a variety to pick from, don't we? It's, if you're watching online, you're like, what? Well, let me explain. We got, um, I think three different kinds of chairs in the room. And uh, some are, you know, some got a cushion and some don't. And uh, a guy came up to me. I haven't seen him since this conversation, so I hope this wasn't the case. But he came up to me and he said, you know that chair I sat in, it, the, the back was warped like this and it was like a recliner. I said, a recliner? That was probably comfortable. He said, absolutely not. I said, <laughs> I, I didn't say this to him, but I thought to myself, well, sir, if you get to church early, you could have a cushion seat. But anyway, I didn't say that. There's a reason the cushion chairs are in front. But think of what God could do. Or think of what we could do if we didn't plant churches. Uh, crossover church. If you don't know, uh, in our first three years, we planted a church. And actually, it was our first four. It, w it was three, but a pandemic paused it. Um, so we planted a church in Bennington when it made no sense to plant a church. Like, we were, we were like, this is huge what I'm looking at compared to what we were then. And so we don't, we don't have much of anything. And as a church plant, you're scraping and scrounging. And so it would make zero sense to send people out, to send, to send 15 people away to go plant a church. And, and but, but I talked to Pastor Casey this week. He's the, he's the pastor of the church over there in Bennington. And because uh, the reality is they're a half hour away. And as much as I love Meadows and as much as I think we're, we're just the best church in the world, regardless of how good I think we are, People aren't probably driving a half hour from Bennington to come to Meadows. It just won't happen. But they will go to Crossover Church. And that's why we do it. And Casey was so excited to tell me. They, they had two more decisions last week. 11 people have given their lives to Christ at that church. That's 11 people that we would never reach. That's 11 people more for the kingdom of God. And it's not easy because Crossover, even though it wasn't like, it was a decent group of people, but, but it was a big chunk of our budget. 35% of our budget. It's not. I remember when one of our biggest givers came to me and we're casting vision about Crossover Church and he comes to me and he says, you know, I've been praying and, and I think God is leading uh, our family, you know, to Crossover. And I don't know what the look on my face was. 
but I know what I was thinking. I don't hear God saying that. (laughs) I don't, you should keep praying. I don't know if God wants, you know, but that was, I'm like, I was, that's scary. And he went there. And here's how faithful God is. Within six months, our giving was back to where it was and beyond. In six months, this is how faithful, this is why I, I tell you this. Where is it? Okay. When you trust God, see, when I trust God and you trust God and, and we give, like we gave resources. We gave, we gave people way more valuable than money. And we gave money to it as well. But when we trust God and we give in our lives, Jesus said it is more blessed to give than receive. When I trust God and give, when I trust God and give, he will bless me and he'll bless others. So, so Meadows is blessed because God sees we're open-handed with letting people go and letting resources go for the kingdom of God, just like the first church was, was open-handed as they planted churches all around. God blesses it. It's so exciting. It's so awesome. Something you need to understand about that journey that Paul was on, that crazy, scribbly third journey, the, the goal, he had two goals for that journey. He had people with him. He had a, it wasn't just him. It was a group of people from different churches with him. His goal was to encourage them, number one, because church plants, churches in general, you. I mean, when I say church, I mean you. You need encouragement. They needed encouragement. He's encouraging them, but you know what else he's doing? He's collecting an offering. That's, why, that's, why he, that's one of the reasons Paul added that. Because they're, 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 they're collecting money for Jerusalem. The first church. The, 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 the very first church that existed was in Jerusalem, and it was hurting and struggling. So, so Paul, is, Paul is trying to cast vision with the other churches. In fact, in the, the church in Corinth, remember that one in Greece? He, he writes a letter to them, and you can hear him casting vision about the offering that they want to take. I'll show it to you. It's uh, just, you don't have to go there. You can look at this one. But 2 Corinthians 9, so it's in the New Testament. Paul is writing this, and he says, For God is the one, remember, he's telling the church, listen, there's, there's a church in need. There are people in need. God is the one who provides the seed. Seed. Money is seed. Make no mistake. God provides the seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Don't miss what he said there. He'll provide for you and he'll increase your resources, okay? And then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Make no mistake. God wants to bless us, so we'll bless others. He does. And, and also know, it's, sometimes it's not going to go according to your plan. My family and I, it was, I don't know, a month ago now or three weeks ago, we took a quick four-day trip to Chicago and uh, never really been there before to spend any time there. And of course, you go to Chicago, what do you have to eat? Pizza! Specifically, like the, the big, fat, deep, deep dish pizza. So we did, like four or five times. And anyway, so we go to this place and we get this thick pizza. And we stuff ourselves and we still got a bunch left over because you know what, it's just very big and whatever so we get done and we box it up and the family some of the family wants to go shopping they want to go to these ritzy shops and just pretend they have money it's kind of fun just to do that so they're gonna go shopping and I'm like ah uh, no I'm just heading back to the hotel for a little bit so I grab the pizza and I'm walking back to the I'm walking back to the hotel and I get close and I see a, a gentleman obviously homeless sitting uh, on the sidewalk got a, got, a, got a blanket over him and he's sitting and he's kind of looking down I thought he was maybe sleeping and uh so I'm like okay well this is a no-brainer I've got fresh pizza here um a lot of it and you know I don't obviously this is a great opportunity to to give right so so I didn't want to wake him up in case he was sleeping so I slide it underneath you know right where he's at 
And I, and I start to walk away. And he, his eyes must have been partway open because I heard him say, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, I felt pretty good. And as I walk, he says, hey, pizza? He goes, I don't want pizza. I kid you not. And gives it back to me. I'm like, what? I just got shot down. I, Sir, you're living on a sidewalk. I mean, I, but Jody's like, I said, this guy, I mean, I, what gave him, he didn't want it. And Jody's like, well, there's probably a lot of tourists. They probably get a lot of pizza. I'm like, still, is that a bad thing? But he, he shot me down. So I was blessed. I ate it later that night. But it's not always going to go according to plan. But you are blessed when you give. Paul was desperate for them to give and be generous. Why? Because he was desperate for God's blessing on their life. It, it seems so counter, it seems so uh, backwards, God's, God's teaching. compared. It should seem backwards because the world is the opposite of what God teaches. And this is one of the reasons that we get so excited at Meadows when people take steps of faith, even in giving, especially in giving. When people, when people take steps and say, I'm going to trust God in this area, it's one of the hardest things to do, in my opinion. It, it was for me, I'll tell you that. But I tell people, you know, when you do, because Paul says money is seed. And when you give, you're sowing seed into God's kingdom. See, a seed, you probably can't even barely see one seed from, from where you're at. I mean, it's tiny. It starts off so small. But when you plant the seed, what does it do? It grows and it multiplies. An oak doesn't start out an oak. It starts out an, well, I don't know, does it start, an acorn? Or a, I don't even know how an oak starts. I, honestly, a seed or something. It starts off with something small. I know that. But it grows. Someone's going to give me a lesson on that later. Whatever. So um, it's big. So, but, but money is seed. And Paul is so desperate for them to have a blessing because he knows how hard it's going to be for them to do what God's called them to do. So he says, be generous with what you've been given. Plant seed. So when people make these steps and they do every week, we have new people giving. And we're like, oh my gosh. That's how we got in, in it was less than six months. We got to where we were after sending 35% of our budget away and above and beyond. It's because people were investing seed in the kingdom of God. And, it's out, and some of you, here's what's, here's what's exciting. Some of you, you, you sow seed in advance. And that's awesome. And what, what, what do I mean by that? Some of you, you you've set it up where you, you give reoccurring. It's, it's automatic. I, I don't know if it's recurring or reoccurring. I don't know that either. So there's a few things I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's, you set it and you kind of forget it. And I, why I like that so much is because it takes me out of the equation. Because me, the Bible says I have a desperately wicked heart. And you do too. So, so I, if I take myself out of the equation and say, you know what? I'm just going to trust God w with tomorrow and the next day. It's huge because I'll be very transparent with you. And this was me. I'm preaching at me right now. W what would happen to me? And this is what happens like at, at Meadows too. So it's universal. When I would hear messages about Jesus saying I'm more blessed to give than to receive and sowing seed into the kingdom of God and Paul teaching the churches to be generous, I would hear those messages and I'm like, okay, I want to do, I mean, I want to sow seed in the kingdom of God. I want to give. I want to be obedient. I want to be blessed too. Uh, not just financially, but I want God's blessing on my life. So I would be excited and I would do it for a little bit, but then stop. And, and I, that's most people. That, that's most people. If they hear a message on whatever, on sowing seed, get excited. All right, yeah, I want that. And then it wears off. And two months later, most, most aren't giving anymore. And, and, and it's not, that was me. That's why I say that. That's why it hits, it's hit, hits, it hits home for me so much. Because what happens? Two months later, well, rent's due. Rent's not optional. I got to pay rent. I need a place to live. Utilities are due. Light, I need light. Light's not optional. Gas, I need to put gas in my car. I got to get from, plan a to, or from point A to point B. Right? Netflix, that's not optional. Hulu, Sling, Disney. 
baby Yoda. He's so cute. I got to have him. So, <laughs> but the problem is those things that, that I say aren't optional, none of those have the power to bless me. So I pull back. This was my story. I don't know if it's yours or not, but I would pull back. Didn't know it at the time. I pulled back from the very thing that had the power to bless me and I would take it back. And as much as, as much as baby Yoda is awesome, he doesn't have the power to bless you. I just ticked up a bunch of Star Wars fans. I don't like this church. Settle down, Sparky. It's okay. So, uh, <laughs> Yoda. Um, it's not baby Yoda anyway. He's got a name. I don't know what it is, but somebody, yeah, someone knows it. So, but back to, back to the giving and what Paul is saying. When you trust God and you sow seed, God will bless it. And it's not even about the amount, and you, uh, you'll understand it in that after we're done here. That's what makes it so awesome, is it's about the heart. And God, and, and when people, by the way, when people said it in advance, I love it because what you're saying is, you know what? I'm gonna take seed, and I'm, gonna not, I'm not, not only gonna trust you today, God, that you're gonna grow the seed and multiply it, but I'm gonna trust you next week. I don't know what things are gonna be next week, but I'm gonna trust you next week, God, that you'll grow it. You're just going to do it. I'm just going to set it and kind of forget it. I'm going to trust you next month, God, that you're, that you're going to do it, that I'm going to sow it and you're going to do something with it. I know it's September right now, but you know what? I'm going to trust you in October because, because I just believe you're a faithful God and, and you'll do what you said you do. I'm going to trust you in November, God. And then, you know what? I'm crazy, God. I'm going to trust you even during Christmas time in, in December when things are nuts. I'm going to trust you. And that's not just trusting God. That is trusting God in advance. And I'm telling you, God sees your faithfulness and God blesses your faithfulness. He'll bless it. I promise you. It's not me saying it. It's, it's, it's the word of God. So, it's so exciting. So, back to Corinthians. Paul's, Paul's casting vision with that Corinth church in Greece about this offering. He says, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So, it flows through you. It doesn't stop with you, but it flows through you. And the generosity does. So, then he says, listen to this. Two good things are going to happen because you sow seed. Look at this. Say, say two. Verse 12. Two good things will happen will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem are going to be met. You're going to meet their needs. Your generosity is going to bless them. They'll be met. And you know what's going to happen with them? They're going to express their thanks to God. So you're going to bless them. That's a blessing. And then they're going to give God glory. And that's a blessing. I wrote it down. Money is seed. And if you and I give according to the principles of God, it will multiply to the glory of God and meet many needs. And our giving is not about bringing credit to us. Our giving is about bringing glory and thanksgiving to the God who supplies all your needs according to his glorious riches. He owns it all. So, so Paul's desperate for them. But understand something. Anytime that we talk about blessings and these awesome things that the word of God talks about, there's always, the, there's always an opposite. If there's an up, there's a down. There's a black, there's a white. There's always, right? So if there's a blessing, there, there's also curse. I wrote it down. Your blessings and my blessings that God gives us can turn into barriers when we don't use them for the glory of God. Our blessings can turn into barriers. It's funny, something so great in our lives can actually be the very thing that holds us back eventually. Not right away, but eventually it can. And I've seen, in fact, this is in God's word all over the place. If you don't know the story of the Old Testament, let me summarize it. Um, God creates perfection. We as people jack it all up 
And then God spends time just chasing after us. So the Israelites, God's chosen people, it's nuts because they keep, God keeps giving them provision. He keeps giving them seed and food and stuff from heaven. They just, food just drops on the floor for them. And he provides for them and he guides for them. And all these things and the Israelites keep not trusting him because the key to unlocking God's blessings in your life is what? Trust, that's right. And they weren't trusting him. We get to the end of the Old Testament where God according to the word of God, he doesn't say anything. I'm sure he was working and moving like he always does. But he goes silent in our word that we have from him for 400 years. Do you know the last thing he says in regard to the Israelites? The last thing. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. That's the prophet Malachi. Last book. And this is what God says because, because, of, because of their barrier. Their blessings had become barriers. Listen to this. He says, y y now you've cheated me. I I've blessed you in all these ways, and now you're using it as a barrier to block me. You're cheating me of the tithes. That's, that's a 10% is what that means. Uh, offerings that are due to me. You're under a what? See, we don't, we don't like to use that word. Oh, uh, but I'm telling you, it's, bib it's biblical. Just like blessing is biblical, so is curse. You're under a curse for the whole nation's been cheating me. Now, now, and then God gives them another chance for the zillion time. God's like, turn it around. Bring, bring all the offerings. Bring the tithes to the storehouse. Br bring that seed to the storehouse so there's going to be enough, not just for you, but for the people that need it. Bring it all so there's going to be enough food in my temple. If you do, oh my gosh, this is where it's going to get good again. If they'll trust him. If they'll trust him. If you do, you trust me with that seed. You trust me with what I've given you. If you will trust me, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great. Wow, God, that almost sounds like more than a blessing, doesn't it? I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Just try it. Just put me to the test. And he doesn't stop there. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them against the insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. Then all nations are going to look at you and they're going to see you're blessed for your land will be such in delight, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. God does not ask us to give because he needs something from us. God asks you and I to give because he has blessings for us. We just got to trust him. Just trust his word. Just trust his truth. It's so exciting. This is why Paul was, just, you got to hear this. If I could say one thing, this is what Jesus said. Give. It's better than getting. Give. It's better than getting. Because when you trust God and give, it will bless you. And it will bless others. Uh, one of the, the, la the last verse I'll give you when, when he's talking to Corinth or writing to Corinth is verse 13. Listen to this. He says, as a result of your ministry, in other words, as a result of your trust, as a result of your seed, as a result of your generosity, as a result, they will give glory to God, Jerusalem, that church, remember? For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove, that word got me, will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. Wow. So you're saying that my trusting you and sowing seed and giving will prove that I'm a follower of Jesus? It'll prove it? See, your, your faith, faith isn't a feeling. Regardless of what maybe you've been told, faith isn't anything that you say. It's not. Faith, see, faith isn't just, oh, I got a, I got a word here. I'm going to type it out and post it on social media. That's not faith. You know what the Word of God says in Hebrews? It says faith is a substance. Say substance. 
A substance is something that, you, I mean, it's there. It says it's substance. It is a substance that produces evidence. Evidence. That's what it produces. If your faith is not seen by others, then you don't have it. And neither do I. This, is, this gets me so much. Remember, remember the story, uh, the paralyzed dude? And his four friends take him and they rip through a roof and they bring him down. Jesus heals him. Why? The Bible says, seeing their faith, he heals him. Jesus saw their faith. You better believe it. That's the only kind of faith there is. Seeing their faith. See, trust is tangible. Tr what, this is from this principle that we're teaching, that God's teaching us. It, it's, it's from the beginning of time. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. All God wanted from them was trust. That's, that's it. Nothing else. All God had for them was blessings. Amen? He wanted to bless Adam and Eve tremendously. They're in a perfect place. And God says, I just need you to trust me. I want to unlock blessings in your life. Trust me. Th this is all yours. You eat. You have it. You do whatever you want. with. It's all yours. It's all yours. Adam, Eve is naked. You see how good I am to you? Look at that. So, I mean, so it's all yours. Just don't eat the one tree. Just trust me. Will you trust me? Everything else, 99.99999 is all yours. But don't eat from this one. I just need you to trust me. I want blessings for you. What do we do? What do they do? It's what the Israelites did, and it's what you and I do a lot of times. I'm guilty of it. What, you're gonna, the biggest giver's gonna, gonna go to crossover? I don't know about that. Maybe we shouldn't plant your, you know? Trust me. And they don't, and what happens? So they don't trust um, God. They take a bite of the fruit. You know the story. And what happens? The opposite of blessing is what? Sin enters into the world. Not only are we cursed as people, but, but even, even nature and humanity, it's all cursed. The principles of God don't, God doesn't change. Just trust me. It's like he's begging us. He's begging the church. You know, you, I'll give you more words of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God, he says in Matthew. Seek first. Trust me first. Sow it first. Watch what I do. I'm a multiplier. I am a giver. I love you. I'll take what little you have and I'll make it overflow. That's what I'm in the business of doing. Will you trust me? Seek first the kingdom of God and, and, and he will give you everything you need. If we truly believe what Jesus just said there, we'll be givers if we believe it. When we trust God and we give, he'll bless us and others. It's, it, I love preaching about it, but, it, but it's, I'm very, I want to be very real with you. I struggled in this area. Some days I still do, but not near as much as I used to. And I told you earlier that the seed that you, you've all been given seed, any blessing that you have is from God. I wrote it down. It has nothing to do with what I make or how much I have. And I was preaching to me just like I'm doing right now. Do you know why? Because that's what I would tell God. When I would hear messages like this after I got saved, I'd be like, I want that. I want that. God, I'm there. I'm, I'm in on it. I'll do it. Right now things are tight, God. But when I make more, you look out. When I have more. When this gets paid off, God, when that gets paid off, God, God, when the government takes $10,000 and pays my student loans, and God's like, okay, <laughs> I'm waiting. 
The problem is what God was pretty clear with me. He said, Monty, you won't trust me with what I blessed you with now. You won't trust me with what I bless you with later or more. And by the way, God can't even bless me with more the way that I want because I'm not being obedient, obedient, right? Blessings come with obedience. So where do we start? I, I, all, I, all I can do for you, all I know is what was done for me. And I offer the same thing to you. Financial Peace University changed Jody and my, changed our life. Like you can ask her, I mean, it changed our life. So it was not a nine-week course once a week, and we learned about the principles of God when it comes to finances. Because we were, like some of you maybe right now, we were swimming in debt. And we were struggling. And we made making poor choices and doing, you know, and didn't know how to get out of the, 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 the weight. And we were offered financial peace. And uh, there's a cost to it. It's not much, but there's a cost to it. And I'll, but I'll say something to you I've never done before. If you, if you sign up and you, and, and, and you pay whatever, I don't know, 100 bucks, I don't even know what it is. So, and you go through all, and you're there every week for nine weeks, I'll, I'll reimburse you that. You'll get that back, so it's, it'll be free. That's how desperate I am for you to get that. God, God wants you to live a blessed life. Most people, the reason what's holding them back, and money, money, we talk about seed a lot because Jesus talked about it more than anything else. And Jesus, we admitted earlier, everything that Jesus taught was for us. Every teaching is because he had something for us. But, but my instinct immediately pushes back because I'm like, ah, because I don't trust. And that's why it took me so long to give. So long. It's embarrassing to even talk about how long it took. And we were baby steps. So we did financial peace, and, and then we just started. And that's your other action. I'd say just start. The amount doesn't matter. Just, just trust God. Just start. Just start. And, watch, and, just, and just see, and just see. Just, just watch what God does in your life. That, that's it. That's what we did. And, and here's what I know. As we, as we move from giving you know, this amount to this amount, pretty soon it was a percentage and three and four and five percent. And eventually we got to a tithe, 10%. It, was, it took time for us. Maybe some of you, you probably get like, there like that. Some of you, it might take longer. I don't know. All I know is this. You and I wouldn't be here together. We wouldn't be here today. And you wouldn't be watching online if, if I wasn't faithful with my giving. There's no way that God is going to trust me to lead a church. If I can't trust him in the, in the number one thing he taught, there was no way. I didn't see it then. It's like, Jody, we're going to get to a tithe, and then we're going to be a church planter, and we're going to go to, oh, I had no idea, no idea what God was doing. I just wanted to take a next step towards him. I wanted to sow seed into the kingdom of God. All I invested in was temporal, and God gave me an opportunity to invest in something way bigger than me and way bigger than anybody that I knew, but in, in eternity. So financial peace. If you're interested online or in the room, you can write financial peace on your card and turn it in. We'll connect with you. And uh, I've never said that before. When I said that you do all nine weeks, you're there all nine weeks, I'll give, I'll give all your money back to you. I happily, I will celebrate with you. Everybody's got a next step. For me, I know that ours, Jody and I tithe, but we can go more. That's me though. That's not, I'm just, I want to give you my example. It's all I got. For some of you, you've never given and you're going to, you might start with a, you might start with five bucks. I don't know, but you're, you're starting to sow seed. The amount doesn't matter. Remember, the amount doesn't matter. Trust me and sow seed. I can take your little and make it overflow. Others, you've given maybe the same thing for, for a long time. You've never, you've, you've gotten increases, but it's never increased. Maybe that's your next step. 
And maybe some of you, you're going to take it to the 10%, that tie, that obedience level right there. And that's where you're at. Others of you, and I'll be very, very transparent. Others of you, you can give way more than 10%. Everybody's different. We all got next steps. But, but, but here's, what, here's what some of you might be thinking, because I thought the same thing. Pastor, it's getting kind of uncomfortable. It's getting kind of tense. That's okay. Just embrace it. Embrace the discomfort. It should be uncomfortable. It's crazy. When I think about the Word of God, the God that's active in your life right now is the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Like God is Jesus, God is the Father, and God is the Holy Spirit. God's in heaven. The Father's in heaven, and Jesus, right now as I preach, Jesus sits at his right hand, praying, pleading for you and for me. The, the God active in your life, the, the person of God active in your life is the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about something. A name for the Holy Spirit, think about this, is comforter. You don't need a comforter if you're in a comfort zone, do you? It's when I get out of my comfort zone that I need God. Somebody asked me one time, Monty, if God ceased to exist, would your life even change? I was like, dang. I had to sit there and think about it. I'm like, I don't know that it would. I've got a job. There's a lot of people living successful lives that don't, don't, have, don't have God in their life, trust me. You know, you know some of them. If God ceased to exist today, would you, would you scramble? Would you struggle? I would. Many people wouldn't. God, whether you're real or not, I've got my money. I've got my 401k. I've got my job. My kids are good. We're good. That's not the way you want to live. Paul was so uncomfortable. He was the greatest missionary and church planner that ever walked the earth. So I'll close with where we opened, Acts 20. Do you remember where we started? Paul called the Ephesus leaders over and he said, you guys, you gals, listen to this. Oh, by the way, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Before he got there, listen to what he said. I'll, I'll go back to Acts 20, 20. He says, and he's still talking to the same audience. It's still the church in Ephesus. And he says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. I never did. Like Paul would preach it whether they wanted to hear it or not. You want that in your pastor, I promise you. Either publicly or in your homes. I love you too much not to preach the truth to you. That's what Paul's saying and that's what I want you to know. I have one message for the Jews and the Greeks alike, for all people. And now he's giving the gospel. This is huge. He says, the necessity, listen to this, of repenting of your sin, turning from your sin, turn from it. Repent of your sin and turn to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul gives them the gospel. This is what I want for you. The giving I'm talking about is not even about your money. The gospel is about giving. You'll see that in a second. Paul continues, and now I'm bound by the Spirit. Oh my gosh, Paul. You, so what you're saying is if the Holy Spirit's gone, you're screwed. You don't know where you're going. You don't know your next step. He didn't. He says, I'm bound by the Spirit. Listen to how it continues. It's crazy. I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. How did Paul know he needed to go back to Jerusalem? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I don't know what awaits me. Now listen to this. You want to talk about uncomfortable? I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. If I was Paul, I'd be like, is there a plan B? Because I don't, I don't know if I like what the Holy Spirit's doing. And God would say, why do you think the Comforter's with you? Paul, it will be hugely uncomfortable. 
walking with Christ. That's why we need a comforter. Does it, does that, and then he, and then he hits you. If you hear no other verse, man, this, this is, this one's tattoo worthy if you're in that arena. But my life is worth nothing. It's worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's paraphrase it for medals. My life is worth nothing unless I live my God-given purpose. Uh, that's what the purpose is. He's talking about it. Unless I, unless I finish the work, the work of telling others about the good news and the wonderful grace of God. That's why he's talking about giving, because giving is tied to God. Giving is tied to grace. Giving is tied to the gospel. The gospel, which means good news. Think about it. God gave Jesus. Oh. Jesus trusted the Father. Remember? When we trust God and do what he says, he'll bless us and others. Jesus trusts the Father and gives his life. And we get the blessing if we receive it. It's crazy to think most people won't, but most people won't. Meadows isn't most people. My first and foremost prayer for you today is that you will understand the words that I'm giving you aren't mine. They're out of God's word. And you should be more excited than anybody in the world right now because God has just showed you how, how he can bless you even more, be more than blessed. But above and, above, above and beyond any of that, that you know the gospel of Jesus that says God gave Jesus, Jesus gave his life, he died. Some of you know the story on the cross. He dies on the cross. He does shed the blood for you and for, for, you and for me. And then he rises three days later that's, that's, that's critical. That's what separates us from every other, billions of other people that believe other things. That, that, that resurrection piece. Jesus was blessed. He got to come back to life. And because he come back to life, we're blessed. If we receive the good news, the Bible says repent. Turn from the way that you're living. In, in a minute after we worship together in song, the prayer team will come up and want to pray with you and for you. I pray to Jesus right now. I pray to the Holy Spirit, the act of God right here in the room that you will come up. Repent, turn from what you're doing. Turn to God, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he came and he came to set you free. The only reason that I give like I can today, it's not my heart. My heart, when I tell you that it, it is not a giving heart, <laughs> it is not. That is not my nature. It is not my nature. But God wants to change your heart. That's what he does. That's what the gospel does. Receive that today surrender indicated online uh, by in the comments indicated in the room by marking your decision financial peace maybe it's baptism well maybe some of you are still going to sign up for baptism next week you've never been baptized as somebody old enough to make that decision but now you are and for many of you you'll, you'll take a step in giving and remember what i say it isn't about the amount i don't want y'all flustered and thinking oh mm -mm. just just trust god just trust god god you'll take what i have and overflow it it's not comfortable. And God's like, amen. That's why I'm here. That's why you got me. That's why you need me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I lift up everybody in the room and everybody watching online. I, I never dreamed as I sat in church that one of the most exciting things I would ever preach about is giving. And, and I never understood it because I, I would immediately think negative towards it. 
I want this, they want that. I don't have this, I don't have that. I, I focus on what I didn't have and I neglected all that you'd blessed me with. And then now I see it and now I, like, I plead with the Holy Spirit that others will see that these words of you, you don't want anything from us. You don't need a thing from us. You are in love with us and you, you, want, us to, you, you want us to have all of you and you want all of us. God, there are next steps all over the place in the room. I pray that people will lean into your Holy Spirit right now for guidance, comfort, strength, and courage. I thank you for the people that are surrendering to you right now. It ain't because they're good. It's because they know they're not. And they know they need your grace. There's the greatest gift that we could ever be given, by the way. The grace of God that covers all of our jacked up mess. And if we're honest, we got a lot of it. I know I do, God. Ain't no way I should be up here unless it's your grace. And it is. God, speak boldly to us. Do what only you can do. I'm not going to shy away from telling you that I want to live my blessed life. I want it more than anything else for my family, for our church, for our community of Omaha and beyond. I desperately want it. And here's the thing. You desperately want it for us. So we're, both, we're in agreement, aren't we, God? We're in agreement. So now it just comes down to that one word, doesn't it? Trust. May we trust that you're the God that you say you are. May we trust in your word and your truth, which never returns void. Even as I pray this prayer, the words that are going out by the power of the Holy Spirit will produce action. God, I thank you for that. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. Without him and his sacrifice and his resurrection, there is absolutely no hope. But the reality is there was a crucifixion. There was a resurrection. The tomb is empty. The cross is empty. And because of those facts, there is hope for everybody here today. <laughs> God, thanks for loving us that much. Thanks for sending your son. Because of that, we'll never stop declaring in the house of the Lord that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.